0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on Circling the Wagons podcast because nobody circles a wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills.
0: Hey, Bills Mafia. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. I am your host, Nate. Guys, thank you so much for listening to us. We have a tremendous show for you guys. We are going to discuss so many things in this episode. We're going to discuss the 53-man roster, the reactions that we had, how it was different from our thoughts and how we thought that the Bills were going to cut down their roster. Um, We're going to talk about the biggest surprises. Of the 53-man roster cut, the guys that they've signed since then, because they've been signing guys uh, ever since, you know, other teams were cutting players. So we're going to talk about those players a little bit. I'm going to tell you uh, our, our thoughts on them where we think that they're going to find their room or their role on the roster, if at all. And uh, yeah, lots of exciting stuff. Uh, But first, this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at DeLago. If you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourselves a favor. Check out the Twinspire Sportsbook at the DeLago Resort and Casino. It is such a fun time. We've been there probably a dozen times so far and uh, just just chomping at the bit, trying to find out when we can go there again to either record or just to enjoy a a fun night out uh, because it's really a good time. So uh, we got that. We also, if you are not in the Western New York or Central New York area and you cannot make it to the DeLago Resort and Casino to go to the Twinspire Sportsbook, we are partnering up with an online betting site. So there is one that has been, it's probably one of the top-rated sites for the last 29 years or so and it's called BetUS. Now there's a link in our profile which if you're interested in signing up they give you $125 for every $100 that you deposit. So they just kick a little money back to us for for new signups. It costs you nothing extra. The link is in the podcast show notes so just click on there and you can just sign up from there. Uh so feel free to do that. It is is really cool. We're we're going to be doing um Game previews this next season. So we're going to do betting previews. We're going to talk about, the obviously, the, whoever the Bills are playing against, the point spread, who we think is going to win. We're going to maybe use a little uh, chat GPT, see what they think is going to happen. We're going to maybe pull out some other bets. And then, you know, John, I was thinking we should do like a parlay too. Like all of our – so you, John or Mike picks two games, I pick two games, you pick two games, and then we use the, the Bills game as the tiebreaker. But we should do a – parlay of like the three games that we like the most from like all three of our uh, our three of our picks. I think that would be a lot of fun. So uh, I mean parlays are a ton of fun. So check out the BetUS link in the bio. Uh, support the podcast. I'm also gonna get a chance to talk about this cool live show that I did with the fellows over at 247 Buff Fandemonium, the guys that run the K Gun report um, and the Finger Lakes Mafia uh, for the Buffalo fan base uh, site um, it's really a cool, it was a cool venue. I've never done anything live. I mean, John, we've done 300 podcasts for circling the wagons in the seven years we've been doing this. And let me just tell you, doing it live is completely different, especially because you're not just like talking to people online through StreamYard or whatever, YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff It's like you're actually trying to entertain the crowd. That's there. And there were like 90 100 people at this uh this cool Buffalo uh rager that they threw over in Manchester uh New York. It was at the Reinvention Brewing. It was a cool time. I'll, I'll talk about that later. I'm going to tell you all about how I bombed <laughs> live on the air and how I have so much more respect for uh John and Mike and my as my co-host here because uh they definitely they definitely helped me out a lot. So, um I'd like to welcome uh our my co-host for this episode. It is John. John, how's it going, man? It's going well.
1: Uh, so I mean, you do the Twitter or I mean the X Spaces live thing, right? That's that's something.
0: Yeah, the X Space. So it's funny. I'm not. I'm not. I'm used to like talking to people, but like talking to people in a group setting. Like, I mean, when was the last time you did something like where you had to talk out loud? Was it at like my wedding when you did this the reading, or was it like another venue? Because you, I mean, you have to go up there and you're talking to like a hundred people, and it's kind of nerve wracking a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, I mean. Uh, well, I guess, I guess there's been some work meetings where there's like 50 people call into it and you have to talk, <laughs> but like, um, well, that's
0: still nerve wracking. Cause they're in, they're actually there.
1: Like, yeah. Um, And it like matters more because (laughs) it's
0: my livelihood depends on it. Yeah, (laughs) don't screw this up, John. No.
1: Yeah, no. I typically try to avoid those situations.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so, so it's funny. I'll, I'll get into more of this later. But like, you know, there was there was a lot of people at this turnout. So like, I was not you know just talking to the co-host but I'm talking to this group of people and uh yeah I I I'm going to tell you some of the jokes I bombed out on it's going to be a fun time but anyway let's go into um 53 man roster thoughts um John I'll start off with you like you know we did a pretty in-depth episode of that last week uh uh and it's it's kind of interesting um there were some surprises there were some surprises there um First off, I'm going to start off with this because I don't know if we're ever going to mention it after this. Von Miller to the pup, the physically unable to perform list. He'll be there for at least four weeks, which means he won't be able to start or at least practice until the fifth week. So he might be ready to, to play by week five. But Von Miller to the to the pup. Um, what's What's interesting about that is that it feels like, and I like Von Miller. I have to preface it by saying that. Has anything he's ever said come true besides the fact that he's coming here? <laughs> like, he he said he was going to be ready for week one. We were kind of skeptical. We we're like, I don't know about that, Vaughn. Let's see. It's, it seems pretty, pretty quick for a 34 year old. Um, and then, you know, he's been trying to get OBJ here for, uh, and a lot of other free agents. None of it's panned out whatsoever. <laughs> so um, anyway, I just, uh, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, and were you surprised at all when, uh, when that happened?
1: No, I, I think I was anticipating him going on pop. Um, he hadn't. Yeah like I think he's just optimistic when he says that stuff. So I'm back. Um, no, I, I think, I think, I think it was going to happen. So I wasn't surprised at, that, at all.
0: Yeah. I wasn't surprised by that. It was, it was almost a surprise that I wasn't surprised, <laughs> you know, it was, I was like, I, I knew this was going to happen. This was not, but it was just funny that I'd say the biggest surprises though, John in general, and let me know what you think about this. Um, I think it was the boogie Basham trade, uh, we mentioned, you know, possibly, you know, there being guys that uh, that could have been traded. I didn't think Boogie Basham himself would be traded. I mean, because you're talking about a guy who had only been on the roster. I mean, this is his what third season. So, and he's been stuck behind some really good players in his first couple of years. Um, and I guess maybe not so much that they traded him, but that, you know, maybe, It was what they got for him, which wasn't a whole lot. They traded him and a seventh-round pick away to the Giants for a sixth-round pick. So not a whole lot in return, especially when you consider that he was a second-round pick just a couple of years ago. Uh, Would you say that that's the biggest surprise, or was there something else that you thought was?
1: Yeah, I mean, any trade by default is probably going to be a surprise because it's real hard to predict trades. Um, From the aspect of what they have on their roster, they're deep at the position— you know, in like if, if it's a situation where they're oh they're gonna cut him anyway, may as well get something for him. But on the other hand, he was a former second round pick that didn't work out. Um and this is not the first time that that's happened either. Cody Ford, um you know, they had Zach Moss as a third round pick. Um people are starting to knock Kyrie Elam. I know it's too early yet for that, but uh there I think there's some people that are concerned over. If the bills are going to be able to sustain what they have, it's going to have to be through the draft because of these contracts that they have with Allen and you know Von Miller and Diggs and like all, all those um, are going to keep going up each year. So I think there's there's a little bit more concern there rather than surprise, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, what you could say for sure in Kyrie limits, it's still kind of early, but I mean, there's there's definitely something to be worried about with that one um, as far, or it's either. He's not doing so well, which it doesn't seem to be the case, or maybe Christian Benford is just playing that much better. Um, you, you never know with that situation. Again, they double-dipped at cornerback that year, just like the Bills double-dipped at defensive end when they drafted Boogie Basham. But what I will give credit to Brandon Bean for is that if he sees this as a guy that doesn't have as much upside as a Kingsley Jonathan, which we'll you know, talk about later, then at least he's willing to cut bait with it. At least he's willing to admit that it's wrong right? Because it's, it's easy to just, you know, I felt like we held on to Cody Ford a little too long, you know um, other guys like that. And he wasn't afraid to, you know, this isn't, this isn't the way we thought we have an opportunity, let's trade him away. And he gave him to his buddy, Joe, Joel Shane over at, in New Jersey for that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting way to go about this. So um, yeah, it, it's worrisome that, you know, a second round pick didn't pan out every three years, but at least he got rid of him, right? Like at least he didn't hold on to him too long. At least he wasn't taking up a roster spot. And technically, even though, you know, Boogie Basham is on a second round contract rookie deal, like it's not that expensive. Kingsley Jonathan is a little bit less expensive than that. So they do make some of the money back for that. So I put a poll out on Twitter and I said, Was Boogie Basham worth more than the late the late round draft pick swapped in twenty twenty five? Which is crazy because it's not even for next season's draft, it's for 2025 draft, which is even less meaningful, you know, like getting a six round pick for there is like almost getting like an undrafted free agent, right? Like they say, they say when you're looking at pick compensation, like if you're willing, like if this is the draft this year, it's the 2023 draft or whatever. And you have a first round pick. If you trade away next year's first round pick, it's almost like this year's second round pick, right? Like that's how they kind of equate it. So like a six round pick from two years from now is like, yeah, it's not worth a whole heck of a lot, but Hey, it's Okay. So, John, that being your biggest surprise, right? It wasn't India Isabella getting cut. It wasn't um, Ryan Vandemark making it or Justin Shorter making it. It was the Boogie Basham trade, right?
1: Um, yeah, just yeah, because we didn't predict that. Obviously, um, there are a couple minor things that we got wrong, but overall, I think we did pretty well predicting the fifty-three.
0: Yeah, if if I'm not going to toot our own horns, like we did a pretty damn good job. <laughs> like there was, there was, there was a lot of things that uh, that could have gone worse. So. Mike, is that Mike in here? Nate, what is up? Mike, Mike joining the podcast. How's it going, dude? It's all right. <laughs> Thanks for making the time. Thanks for making the time. Mike's on vacation. It's oh, happy Labor Day weekend to everyone out there who's listening. Happy Labor Day weekend. I uh, hope you guys are all having a great weekend. Um, great Monday. By the time you hear this, it'll be Labor Day weekend. So, yeah, hope you guys are all do- RIP Jimmy Buffett. I forgot to mention that at the top. I P Jimmy Buffett. I'm gonna maybe I'll give him a shout out at the end. He's 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 had kind of an important uh, impact on my life. So a little bit. So Mike, what's going on, man? How's your? He labor? died right at five PM, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the date, wait, the date of somewhere. somewhere. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the people at the hospice didn't even know. They did, They're like, where? Where is he? Somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> you know You know what's funny? It's not so much funny now that I think about it, but um, when I saw it was so funny my sister had us over for drinks like just a just a random family get together no birthdays which was kind of cool um it's just a get together and she was going to serve margaritas like before we even knew about jimmy buffett like that was the plan she's like we're doing a clam bake and we're serving margaritas and i'm like awesome i love margaritas it's my favorite drink uh and then we find out that you know he passed i'm like it's just fitting that she planned this party and my mom's i was like mom did you hear about jimmy buffett cuz she loves that song she loves margarita Villa. it's her favorite, one of her favorite songs and she goes uh do you know how he died? And so mind you, he's only two years older than my mom. <laughs> and I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have joked about it, but I'm like, ah, probably old age. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> hmm. uh, I bombed. But, um, but I got to talk to you, Mike and, and John, a little bit later in the podcast about how I bombed at this live uh, podcast thing. I did for some folks in the Finger Lakes, Finger Lakes Bills Mafia. Um, It's, it's, it's pretty funny. So, uh, more of that type of humor that just in the general population is just like, this is awful. <laughs> so, uh, but, but John or Mike, we were just talking about 53 man roster. Cool. Was there any, what did, he, what did he die of? I, I honestly don't know what he died of. John.
1: Uh, They didn't say initially. I haven't like checked back after more time has passed. Though.
0: Oh, skin cancer. I just saw on Google okay. in late August. He entered hospice care. Buffett died on uh, Sag Harbor, New York. Due to complications hmm. from Merkel cell carcinoma, carcinoma, a rare and aggressive skin cancer with which he had been diagnosed four years earlier. Jeez. Huh? Dude, sunblock, man. I don't even know if that's like a sunblock type of cancer. Like, yeah. <laughs> if it's, or if it just happens, just like some cancers, right? Where's sunblock? sunblock. Um, I mean, is that ironic or is that? <laughs> 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 that's a great question. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to say it's ironic because someone died. <laughs> Uh, but he did have a lot of songs about being in paradise. Not a lot of songs about He's hanging on the sun. Hanging out in no, the sun. None, I don't think. Make sure you wear a long sleeve shirt.
1: Cheeseburger
0: <laughs> SPF 50. 50 with a cheeseburger in paradise. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, would it be? Would it have been more I- ironic if, like, he had like liver disease or because of Margaritaville or like skin cancer because of. His tropical lifestyle. I'm not sure. Either way, it's sad. It's. <laughs> I gotta mm-hmm. say that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. So, Mike, we were just talking about our biggest uh, surprises for the Bills' 53-man roster. I was thinking it was the Boogie Basham trade. I didn't see that coming necessarily. I thought they might make a trade. I just didn't see that specific player. I guess, but uh, it makes sense. Was that was that pretty much the biggest surprise that you saw to that week? Oh, definitely. I mean, von Miller to the pup was not a surprise, right? like we kind of knew that he wasn't gonna start week one like like he had told us all that he would be <laughs> von Miller is the epitome of
1: let's see let me let my brain reverse the under-promise and over deliver, what does he do? He over-promises and under delivers <laughs> in every statement.
0: <laughs> in getting people to come here and getting free agents to go. Yeah. There's nothing that he's uh that has come true besides him actually coming to Buffalo. <laughs> and even then, even then he wasn't sure he wanted to come here. <laughs> he, he said at the press conference, he's like right until up about the time I got to this podium, I wasn't sure I'd be there. he was ready to bounce. Mm-hmm. He was ready to back out of that contract. Um, yeah. Yeah, we were just saying that, too. It's funny. Um, so we're going to go over some of the biggest... Uh, so we'll go position by position um, in some of these areas. Let me share my screen. Do-do-do-do. Okay. So I got uh, you know quarterbacks we got right. Josh Allen, Kyle Allen. Um, Mar- Matt Barkley went to the injured reserve, which I did not know necessarily that that was going to happen, but the Bills did sign another quarterback um, from... I believe it was from the Chiefs. Yes, it was from the Chiefs. Shane Bouchelle, Shane Bouchelle, A short, a shorter version. Guy's got an arm. Um, I guess he's very frivolous with the ball. Or how would you say, like, not frivolous. He does not take care of the ball. He will throw an interception. But he's a gunslinger, right? He's a shorter gunslinger, a version of J- Josh Allen. If you saw the uh, the clip I posted on Twitter of him, like, dropping back, like, going left, going right, evading the pass rush, and throwing across his body to a guy in the end zone, <laughs> for the Chiefs in the preseason. You're like, that's Josh Allen all day long. Um, Except I think he likes to do that a little bit more um, to the other team as well. So uh, a little bit more than Josh Allen, but that's okay. It's okay. He's got to learn. He's on a practice squad. What do you really expect from a guy who's the third stringer on a practice squad, right? Running backs, we got right. James Cook, Latavius Murray, Damian Harris, Reggie Gilliam. Nothing to mention there. No surprises there. The Bills, six wide receivers. This isn't really surprising, but it is something that... John, did we call this one... Was it Justin Shorter? We called Justin Shorter making the team, right? I believe we did. Yeah, we
1: got the receivers right.
0: We got the receivers 100% right. So Diggs, Davis, Sherfield, Hardy, Khalil, Shakir, Justin Shorter, um, uh the one thing that we did mention, which we thought was going to happen and it did happen was Andy Isabella ended up getting released. Right. And he had the ability, he, he get, he got signed to the bills practice squad. He had the ability to sign with anyone, but he wanted to come back to Buffalo. He wanted to be uh, a chance or he wanted to stick with us and uh, possibly vie for a spot um, on the 53, man, 53 men roster. If there's an injury or something like that, I thought that was pretty cool being mentioned that as at his press conference that he could have gone anywhere and he decided on Buffalo. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so all the people that were upset when Andy Isabella got cut because he was the Cinderella of preseason. He was the darling of training camp. Uh, we always need one, and he he earned that title, and uh, he's still with us. Don't worry, guys. He's still there. Tight ends, Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid, Quinton Morris. Nothing surprising there. Offensive line. Now, this is kind of interesting. We talked about this last week. Deion Dawkins, Connor McGovern, Mitch Morris, Osiris Torrance, Spencer Brown, Ryan Bates, David Edwards, no surprises there. But Ryan Vandemark making the team and Alec Anderson making the team. Alec Anderson specifically, I think, is more of a surprise. Wouldn't you say, John?
1: Um, well, I did pick Vandemark to make the team, so I was correct did on that you were, one. You were. Um, yeah, I, I picked Butker just because of the experience, but um, <clears throat> I'm not a big Butker fan, so like I'm okay with it, <laughs> but it was something that I got wrong.
0: I know you didn't even necessarily want him. He was just surprised that he got cut. Well, Questenberry, I think, was a surprise, oh, too.
1: Yeah, Questenberry was the other one. I picked Questenberry to make it, and he got cut as well. And again, uh, fine with it. And they ended up, after the 53-man stuff shaked out, they, uh, they signed another tackle, uh, Jermaine uh, Ifetti.
0: Yep. They brought Jermaine Ifetti back to – he and he wasn't just signed to the practice squad like Andy Isabella. He is on the 53-man roster. Yeah which i mean like let, first before we get into Jermaine Fetty uh Ryan Vandemark and Alec Anderson you did call Ryan Vandemark i wanted him i didn't think that they were going to do it but i was pleasantly surprised that they kept him they have a guy that has left tackle uh he is basically the backup left tackle at this point but they are getting him reps at right tackle they're trying to get him that's what he played in college that's where he spent most of his time um in the preseason training camp and practice squad left tackle, but he is getting some reps in the right tackle. I believe he played some of the game against the Colts or whoever the third game was uh, the, the bears. I believe he played some right tackle there too. So he's getting used to it. But um, Alec Anderson is a guy who I did not think was going to make it, but he does have that versatility that they really like. And it sounds like he's basically an upgraded Ike Butker because he can play guard. He can play center sometimes tackle. Like this is a guy that's, He's almost like a, it kind of reminds me of Ryan Bates. It really actually like a guy that can play multiple different positions. I don't know if he's starting caliber yet. I don't think so, but it was a guy that they wanted and they wanted to keep him on the, on the roster and, and uh, I like it. David Questenberry getting cut. I'm surprised at that, but I'm happy about it because I mean, we've seen David Questenberry for two seasons now and he's going to get Josh Allen killed if he has to play. I mean, it's just, it's just how he is at this point in his career. I mean, he's older. He was never like an amazing starter to begin with. He was just a serviceable starter when he was one. So now, you know, it's it's just unfortunate he's not right. I'd say he's even a step below. Remember when the Bills had Ty Secchi Like that was a guy I felt a lot more comfortable with than David Quessenberry. So the fact that they got um, Brian Vandermark on the left side, and then on the right side they got Jermaine Nefetti, a guy who's who has a ton of experience. He's eighty three starts in the league, um, right tackle guy. This don't be surprised. Like this is what I thought. Uh, Brandon Shell was going to be before he just decided to retire all of a sudden. Um, I thought Brandon Shell was going to be that right tackle like veteran backup. So that way if Spencer Brown has issues, no, well, now you just throw in uh throw in Jermaine Effetti. Now he can step step up and you know potentially be a better option because there's nothing that we've seen from Spencer Brown the entire preseason or training camp that makes you think this guy's ready. This guy's ready to start. So, um defensive ends, you know, we talked a little bit about Von Miller going on the pop uh, we talked about we knew Floyd Epinesa was mostly gonna make it. Shaq Lawson, I didn't have as necessarily making the roster. I don't believe we we had him, right? We instead of Shaq Lawson, we had no, did we have Shaq Lawson? We did, right? We had Boogie Basham, I right? Don't think I thought we didn't pick Shaq Lawson. We had but yeah, we had Basham. Basham and Kingsley Jonathan we didn't have on. So that was a new one too. Right. That's a pretty that's a pretty high compliment of Brandon Bean to give Kingsley Jonathan a role on the fifty-three man roster, right? It's not like they signed him to the practice squad; like he is one of their backup defensive ends. He
1: looked good in the preseason.
0: He did. He did.
1: Right. And so did uh, did Cameron Cameron Klein, Klein, who's on the practice squad now. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So I mean, we had him. We had Cameron Klein as a priority uh, practice squad candidate too. So that was kind of cool to see. We knew Von Miller was going to be on the pop. So those were the Kingsley Jonathan making it. I'm not surprised. I, You know, the good thing about this, you know, we were mentioning Brandon Bean willing to, uh, you know, he wasn't, he was saying that Boogie Basham basically wasn't ready for the 53-man roster anymore. He wasn't cutting it. Um, Kingsley Jonathan, like looking at that, just Bean's ability to say, you know what, um, maybe Boogie Basham isn't cutting it. I can get someone. But like Kingsley Jonathan might be better in the long run than Boogie Basham.
1: He he probably has a much higher ceiling at this point, and that that was probably what swayed the decision. Because
0: if you think about it, A.J. Epinesa is not going to be here next year, most likely, right? Shaq Lawson probably won't be here next year unless he takes another one-year vet minimum deal, right? So all you have left next year are Greg Rousseau, Von Miller, and Kingsley Jonathan because Leonard Floyd is on a one-year contract. Eg. Epinesa, like I mentioned. And so it's literally those three guys. So they must put a lot of faith in him because they don't have Boogie Basham. Like that was another veteran that they could have used potentially. But they do have enough veteran depth in the defensive defensive end room. So not a big deal. Um, defensive tackle. Um, this was pretty straightforward. At Oliver, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Puna Ford, Tim Settle. Nothing surprising there. But at linebacker. Linebacker we had Milano, Dodson, obviously Terrell Bernard, Dorian Williams, Bale Inspector, and, and Tyler Matikadovich. I didn't necessarily know that Bale Inspector was gonna make the fifty three man roster. Did we have him making it? We
1: did. we did. We got linebacker correct. Yeah.
0: And and that was that was one of those ones where I was like, I hope he gets it based on what we said. But I mean we thought they might cut AJ Klein. They did cut AJ Klein. And sure enough, like one of the big stories coming out of the fifty three man roster cut was Jermaine Effetti. The right tackle, which we mentioned earlier, Spencer Brown's backup. But getting signed to the practice squad is Christian Kirksey, the middle linebacker out of uh, Houston. He's a guy that got cut. Um, he was he had some hamstring injuries in the preseason. Uh, but this is a guy that okay. Let me know what you what you think about this, guys. Okay. So you have Christian Kirksey. He's on the fifty three. He's not on the fifty three man roster. He's on the practice squad. But they get Terrell Bernard back. Okay. So he. I believe is going to be the starting middle linebacker, right? The hope is right.
1: I hope so. I think he's the guy, but like, he's had the injury issue. So I, he's also had an injury issue along with Kurt. That throws a wrench into it. Yeah.
0: And they won't start Dorian Williams at middle linebacker. He's an outside linebacker. Only Bale inspector is not ready for that role. They've given him no snaps ever, ever since the second day of training camp, they've given him no snaps at first ring. (laughs) Dodson, um, Dodson scary that's scary um Dotson man they've been doing everything they can to give him that role and he keeps giving it back he's like I don't want it he's like you want me to be-? he's like I know you want me to be middle I just don't want it that bad <laughs> like you guys you guys take it okay give it to Terrell when he's healthy because he just can't seem to hold on to it um and it's not his fault because he wasn't able to not like anyone was taking it from Tremaine Edmonds but I mean he he didn't show enough that the bills felt comfortable giving him a multi-year contract. I mean, they signed him on a one year vet minimum deal also. I mean, that's not like that doesn't scream out like future pro bowler, right? It's not his fault. He's an undrafted guy. Terrell Bernard, you know, he's, he was doing pretty well. I think he's an upgrade. So Terrell Bernard um, may not be better than Tyrell Dotson all around, but I think he just kind of gives you a more like level playing, like, you can predict what he's gonna what's gonna happen with him on the field more so than you can predict with Tyrell Dotson. Like let's say I was listening to uh, Anthony Brahaska from Cover One. We had him on a few weeks ago, and he's like, let's say Tyrell Dotson is like an eight at like run run coverage, right, like stopping the run. But he's like a three in pass coverage. It's like, well, maybe Tyrell Bernard's like a six and a half at stopping the run or seven, but he's like a five or six when it comes to pass coverage, right? So he doesn't have as as much highs or as much lows, but he's much more steady, right? So that's how I look at Terrell Bernard. So with Christian Kirksey signing is more like, a, here's a guy who has more experience than Tyrell Dodson and Terrell Bernard at the middle linebacker position. He's, I've been reading up on him. He's not, he's pretty good at stopping the run. He's not so good in pass coverage. Um, he doesn't have like elite athletic ability, but I feel like he's a step up from Tyrell Dodson. And he's, but he's not as good at coverage as Terrell Bernard. Okay, if that makes sense. So he's gonna, he's not gonna be on the the team starting. Until like what? Like I say, they give Terrell Bernard five or six weeks, right? If he if he does if it looks really bad after five or six weeks, they might call Christian Kirksey up.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they really only have Bernard and Dodson, right? Because Specter went on IR right away. Anyway, not that we wanted Specter
0: to start middle linebacker, but yeah, he and Shorter went on IR right away, right? Yeah, and that's how they made room for Kirksey or not and... Kirksey, um. Effetti and, oh, Reed Ferguson. That's right. They re Reed Ferguson. Yeah. That doesn't right, count. That right. doesn't count. <laughs> it's him, him being caught. <laughs>
1: we got Reed Ferguson wrong. <laughs> uh,
0: we picked him up off waivers, guys. Can you believe that? <laughs> Best long snapper. Uh What do you think about that, though? Yeah. They they give Terrell Bernard like five or six weeks. I still don't think they feel confident in Tyrell Dolphin yeah I, starting.
1: Yeah, I think Kirk sees insurance in – That makes perfect sense.
0: I mean, because he doesn't know the playbook, right? So you can't put him in week one anyway. He doesn't know the terminology. He wouldn't be ready. I wouldn't do that, yeah. He wouldn't be ready to to put on the helmet with the mic on it because he doesn't know the calls. Now you give him five or six weeks. He's in the system. He's on the practice squad. He learns the playbook. I mean, they might get to that five or six-week period, or maybe even earlier potentially, and say, like, this just isn't working you know, like we thought Terrell Bernard was going to be the answer. Then we try Tyrell Dotson. None of them seem to be the answer. Like we try AJ Klein, like maybe they bring him back or something or they elevate him from the practice squad or something. I don't know, but, uh, you will see (laughs) a lot of options, no good options, but a lot of options. All right. Let's, actually let's take this time to mention that, uh, we got to go over cornerback safety. Um, Uh, we're going to talk about a few other topics, but we're going to go do that over on our, on our feed over at, uh, if you just search circling the wagons, we have our own podcast feed now. So if you want to go over to there to check us out, we'll wrap up the rest of them. We're going to tell everyone how I bombed on, uh, the 24 seven Buffalo, Buffalo, buff Fandemonium live podcast uh which is always a good time talking about that a lot of self-deprecation there uh and then uh we'll go from there so again this episode is brought to you by the twin Spires sportsbook at delago uh over, if you're like i said if you're in the western new york or central new york area head down route 90 get off at exit 41 and get right into the delago resort and casino where every moment is a winning moment thank you guys so much for listening so check us over On Circling the Wagons, just search Circling the Wagons in any of your favorite podcast feeds, and you'll get our, uh, you'll get all of this that we just get, we just, uh, said and more. Uh, so check us out over there.